All right, welcome back to uh, the Sliwa Show. Very excited to have Mark Machado, a.k.a. Mr. Cartoon, part of L.A. Originals on Netflix. Uh, Mark, thanks for doing this, man. Thank you for uh, joining uh, joining the show. Thank you. I appreciate that. All right, so tell, tell us a little bit. Um, I, I'd love to kind of just give the background of the documentary, um, how it came to life, uh, where the idea came from. Can, can you give us a little background to it? I, I recently watched it, and obviously – um, you know, we want to bring you on the show, number one, because it's as L.A. as it gets. And number two, uh, it's a great background. It's a great history. Can you tell us a little bit about the background of the uh, documentary? Sure. This, this documentary is about me and my best friend, Esteban Orio, who's a photographer that grew up here in L.A. Uh, we met in our early 20s, and we figured out that we were both on the same mission or the same path to uh, elevate Chicano art and to document everything that was going around us and really just be peers in, in this community of lowriders, artists, musicians, photographers. And we wanted to kind of put our flag in the ground. And it wasn't really a, a giant uh, take-over-the-world concept when we started. We just wanted to be members in, in, in this movement and... We wanted to uh, make sure our, our, our work was dope. I mean, it, it was important that we came correct with our work. And it was just years and years of doing it. And Esteban just started documenting it. He was like, man, I, this is crazy. I got to get this. And, you know, you're looking at about 25 years of footage over this movie. Shows us, you know, get older. Shows us, you know, we're kids starting out. And uh, we're just two local L.A. kids that born and raised right here. And we're from Mexican descent, you know, our, our grandparents. And um, we went to the schools right here. And this is us. We we took Southern California on tour around the world. And eventually it, it affected Hollywood and, and you know, rap music and, and, and hip-hop culture. Did you know, Mark, that this was a documentary that you guys were going to do? Like, wh when did the idea come together to say, hey, let's put all our footage together. Let's put all our photos together. Let's take these iconic shots with some of the most popular artists across the world. And let's put this all into one documentary and kind of tell our story. Wh when did you guys decide that this was something that you guys wanted to do? I think around 10 years ago, we decided we had enough footage to make a documentary. Um, and we got real close to putting it out. We we had um, conversations with Lawrence Bender, who um, works with Tarantino, and we were talking to Brian Grazer. We ended up going with Brian Grazer, and the whole project got put on hold for 10 years. Wow. We ended up put, uh, producing a movie called Lowriders um, that came out in, in the regular theaters, and it, and it did very well. Um, but we were more like producers on that and, and set designers and, and art department type stuff. But uh, it was lightly based on my life. But it came out, it did good, but it didn't, you know, open up a whole bunch of stuff for us. And then after, you know, that 10 years, we were like, well, I think the time is now. And we started probably about a year and a half ago editing. So it took over a year to edit. Uh, Mark Machado, a.k.a. Mr. Cartoon, part of L.A. Originals on Netflix, uh, joining the Sliwa Show. So I, I was fascinated because, you know, to be to be real with you, Mark, I'm, I don't have this you know, crazy background or history to understand 
um, the history of the lowrider or the history sure. of just tattoos in general. You know, I don't have any tattoos, but I still find it fascinating to kind of watch this hour and a half documentary because it kind of tells a different story. You don't have to be, you don't have to have a lowrider to appreciate the art of it. You don't have to have a tattoo to appreciate the art of the craft, you know? Um, for you, what drew you to, let's just use those specifically. And I do want to go because eventually some of the tattoos that you did do and some of the different artists that was involved in it, what, what drew you to those two specifically? Why did you become such a fan or an artist of those two? Well, I think that, um, you know, just growing up in LA, you can witness stuff and you can appreciate stuff or you don't even have to be from LA. You, now with the internet, you're able to see all this cool stuff that maybe this niche crowd of people that you wouldn't normally see. I think people identify with it because of maybe the work ethic. They identify, identify with the struggle, maybe, um, taking a invisible idea in your head and manifesting it in life and having people be attracted to it. I think uh, art can kind of like, people can look at it and they can have their own opinion about it and make them feel a certain way. Uh, so that was really powerful for me and growing up as an artist that I had people that kind of dug it that didn't even have tattoos. It was just, it was just interesting to them. Mm -hmm. So I think uh, that's when it starts to grow. Um, I loved it because it was the lowbrow. It was the underground. It was the underdog's art form. It was like real macho artwork, you know, like graffiti and tattoos and old English lettering on a barbershop window. It's like a pub, you know, like something like hardcore like that. It, you know, Harley Davidson on a tank, you know, like mm -hmm. it, it was, it was a good transition for me. Segue from being a graffiti writer to have to go get a job in the world. So I didn't think it was going to be as popular as it ended up being, but I just did it because I had to get a job. And I was mm. way too lazy to do a <laughs> regular like, labor job. And um, I suck at sports. So I realized the NBA wasn't going to happen for me. <laughs> um, so I stuck. But I was like, hey, maybe I could do a jersey mm -hmm. for the NBA. You know, I could mm -hmm. do tattoo pro ball players at least and there's nothing worse than when i gotta take a picture next to one of those guys i gotta get on a phone a couple phone books <laughs> and a, a milk crate you know i'm with you man don't worry uh there's there's plenty of us that are on that uh that same boat i i, I want to <laughs> you know one of the things i wanted to ask you so watching the documentary i thought it was um just seeing look whether you were doing toe tattoos on kobe or it was all the hip-hop artists, the Dr. Dre, 50 Cent, Eminem, Method Man, Beyonce, Justin Timberlake. You could just kind of go down the list, Snoop Dogg. Um, are there certain tattoos that, you know, stick out to you? You've done so many, and obviously your work is so well-respected and appreciated. But for you, are, are there a couple out there that you're like, yeah, that's one of my favorites? Is there is there a few that stand out to you that anytime somebody asks you what your favorite tattoo is that you've done that um, that, that stands out? Yeah, a couple of them come to my head. I mean, um, when I think about just tattooing someone that you know all the lyrics to their music, is it's weird. You know what I mean? Like, you, you're just trying not to say nothing stupid, man. You're trying to be calm and just... <laughs> Let's just get through this. Let's let's pick out what you know, like. Say Eminem. He came in and um, he got proof on his arm mm -hmm. to 
in memory of his best friend that died. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? I'm like, man, here's a guy. It's deep. That, mm-hmm. that, yeah, everyone that's by Eminem is like pitching him an idea or paying him a, their music. Here's his best friend that could probably, you know, that, that would tell him to go, you know, F himself or something like that because mm-hmm. his homeboy, right? So when that guy died and he got his same tattoo that I did on Proof, he didn't put in memory of it. He just got the tattoo of Proof got. And I was like, man, that's that's cool, man, because that's mm. thinking out the box and dedicating a big piece of his arm to uh, to his boy. Mm. That'll never that's- leave my brain, you know? No, that's a great story. That's a fantastic story. And that's kind of what I was hoping for, too. I'm sure you've done so many of these, but there's certain ones that were maybe extremely meaningful to somebody else, and then it became meaningful to you. Uh, Mark Machado, uh, Mr. Cartoon, part of LA Originals on Netflix. Um, can, can you tell me a little bit about your relationship with Estevan and just how you, why you guys clicked so well? Why was this a, a perfect partnership, perfect friendship? You know, you don't come across people every day that, Maybe now people are way more open to these ideas, you know. Uh, back then in, in the early 90s, people weren't thinking about going to Tokyo as much. People weren't um, involved in music industry stuff. And uh, I started doing album covers for, for Easy e I walked up to Easy e I gave him my business card. I was real, real nervous. And he, he was, you know, he gave me uh, an opportunity to do some logos and like tour merch and all that type of stuff. So overnight I was in the music business and, um, I found Esteban at a music industry party and he was touring with house of pain, this new band in Cypress Hill that that's just come out. So we, we met on accident through a lowrider friend of ours. And, uh, yeah, we, we just clicked on the same vibe and had the same taste in like food, and we weren't scared to watch a, like a foreign movie. And back then, we used to go to like Virgin Record Store and buy foreign movies and stuff like that and watch them. Hmm. So that gave us like an edge. It made us weird and got made, made our brain a little more expanded. Um, Mark, you, you have a partnership with the Clippers. I, I want you to talk about that. And this is uh, is very unique. And I'll tell you, you know, I'm I'm as big of a Laker fan as they come. And right. I, I think I think what you're I think what you're doing and this kind of just branching out, I'll talk about Nike too and, and the signature shoe that you have, but what does that mean to you that now all of a sudden you're um with everything that you've accomplished, even to this day, you know, it's not slowing down, that you're continuing to try and find ways to evolve and that you're a part of sure. something that is LA. What 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 is what does some of that mean to you? And and you could feel free to tell us as much on that clipper partnership as you'd like. For sure, thank you. Um, growing up in LA, you're gonna love the Lakers. You know what I mean? It's just mm-hmm. a part of growing up here. Um, I started doing work with the Kings, with the LA Kings, of trying to take their merch and putting a little NWA, a little DOC back in their uh, in their brand. You know, mm-hmm. and they let me. I did a Jonathan Quick. I did his helmet, and uh, they started to let me do this cool merch and do like crazy starter caps and all that. And from that, that's where the, the Clippers came in from doing the merch of those companies. And we had started to build a relationship and see the stuff come out in the Staples Center. And you can see people's vibe and what they're attract, what they push towards. And, um, so doing the Clippers, yeah, they wanted to come with a, with a different vibe of more of the underdog vibe of, you know, we over me and, 
Uh, they let me do what I wanted to do, man. I put a 64 Impala rag on on the shirt, and it was more about, like, I'd rather be in a 64 Impala than in a jet plane, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so they, it was cool that they were down to do little things like that and let me use my fonts, and uh, we built a whole capsule for it, and we did some um, outreach with it where we talked to some, you know, young people and get them to the Nike stores and, that's a big part of what I do in the Stevon does too is we do these mini seminars for free for kids to uh, motivate them. I mean, firemen and police officers, they've been doing it for 50 years, you know, but we were like, man, they need to see some guys with tattoos. I take mm. the shoes I designed for Nike and I'll put them out there and be like, hey, what would yours look like? You know, what, what's your, and I try to motivate them about becoming artists or just keeping an open mind. What is, uh, Mark, what would be your message to, you know, whether it be kids? By the way, it doesn't have to just be kids. It could be teenagers. It could be someone in their 20s, 30s, 40s, 50s. I don't think age really matters. I think at any point in your life, um, you know, you can always hear from somebody that that has a unique story. What is your message to those that that listen and kind of want to have – I guess what would Mark Machado's message be to those that, you know, are, are out there on the grind and, and trying to find ways to, to make it happen? Yeah, I think that, you know, each person's situation is definitely unique and you have to find stuff that works for you and you have to be bendable. And I believe we are what we think about. You know, what you run through your brain every day is is probably right. If you believe you can't do it, you probably can't. If you believe you absolutely must do it, then you probably will. So it's it's just kind of like I was brainwashed by my father. He used to play self-help tapes when I was a kid. Zig Ziglar, Earl Nightingale. These were tapes for salesmen. You know, my, my father never went to college or universities, but he was really interested in learning. And he would play Anthony Robbins or Wayne Dyer or stuff like that. And... I would beg him to stop playing it, man. Please, please, <laughs> let me play the radio. He's like, no, you need to listen to this, son. You need to listen. And I would get really frustrated. And eventually, I just tuned it out. But little mm-hmm. by little, it was massaging my brain as I got older to tell me, you know what? Be careful what you think about because it might happen. So be careful what you run through your brain. Run some empowering stuff. I mean, bad things show up in life, and this is a perfect time. Like, it's easy to be good when you just got a check in the mail. You're like, yeah, it's easy to be happy. Let's see what happens when that check doesn't show up or it bounces or something. and Or a pandemic shows up. And you have to be creative. You got to think how to make this work for you. And uh, you got to be grateful for the, just the smallest things that we got. You know, this really puts things into perspective with all these people uh, sick, the grandparents sick, the family members sick. So uh, we got it pretty good, man, if we're just locked away in our, our cave, you know? Mark, uh, it, it's great insight, man. I love, by the way, that, that story about your dad um, playing those uh, those sales books and the, the Zig, Zig Ziglar's. But I, I'll tell you, that was – I'm sure you look back at it now and be like, damn, there's some gold in there. And uh, just that, you know, in itself, to just kind of have that as advice, that's fantastic. I'll, I'll leave you with this final question. Um, Thank you. What, what's L.A. mean to you? Los Angeles means to me is the some of the best Mexican food in the world, <laughs> um, the best weather in the world, laid back, kick back vibe. Um, even the LAPD is much cooler these days. You got a bunch of younger hip hop 
raised police officers that, man, they're way more chill than those 80s cops. Hmm. So it's a real good time right now, minus the pandemic. It's a good time to be alive. It's a historic time to be alive. And in Los Angeles, I mean, if you can't make it here, I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> you know, I mean, it is literally, you want to open up a kiosk in the mall, you can do it tomorrow. You want to open up your own business, you can do it. You want to rub elbows with a celebrity, it's possible. So it's a lot of opportunity, and people come from all over the world to live here. And I see some of my homeboys that are born and raised just complaining about they can't get a break. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And um, that's happens sometimes, too. I've been guilty of saying it. But uh, you got to turn that back around and realize, man, this is the gold rush right here. We got it made just on, on the lottery of where we were born. So anywhere in the U.S., man, you, you're doing really good. And Mark, you get a chance. Well, I was going to say get a passport and go check out somewhere else. They got it going on over there, too. No, you're absolutely right. It, it, it kind of broadens your horizons, too. But, uh, Mark, it, it, it's interesting. You know, I was like, you know, I, I was excited to, to have you on the show, and I didn't really know where Thank the you. conversation was going to go, but it's exactly sure. – uh, it, it's even better than I thought it was going to be. So congratulations on all your success. Wish you nothing but the best, and thank you for taking thank some time you. to join the show. I'm grateful to be on here. I appreciate it, man. Much success. All right, that's Mark Machado right there, Mr. Cartoon. What a cool story, huh? What a cool background. Um, I, I want to talk more about this when we come back. Also, I don't know if you guys heard what Charles Barkley just recently said. So uh, that's all coming up next. Stay right here. This is The Sliwa Show on 710 ESPN.